right, hello and welcome back to the Nerd Podcast. This is our landmark 20th episode. Oh, man. So if you are for some reason just now tuning in, that's never ending retro dialogue. I'm Jordan. I'm Doug. And I just want to say to everybody out there who's listening, Doug was cutting a rug to that theme song. Oh, I love our theme song so much. The whole audience was enjoying it. Makes it makes me want to learn to play the accordion. Yeah, that's my... I have wanted to learn how to play the accordion for a while because of just... I think it would be funny. It would be funny. Yeah. We could go... We could be dueling accordions. Dueling accordions. <laughs> Marysville needs one of those. Yeah. Well, Marysville needs a lot of things. Well, <laughs> yes. well at the top of the list... Yes. Dueling. Dueling accordions. You know what? Let's make that happen. We're giving ourselves one year. One year. To get accordions and learn how to play at least a couple of notes on them. I did one time see an accordion for cheap at a secondhand music instrument store and I kicked myself to this day for not buying it. I've never seen one at a store. There's one. There was one at a guitar center and then there was like a music go around, uh-huh. which is where I found the cheap one. But I was like, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll come back and get this or something. And, and then it was, it was gone. gone. And then the one at guitar center was like $600. So I was oh, like, geez. I can't make that kind of investment. No. No, maybe we could get toy accordions. Oh, that's start with too. that. That's perfect. Get, get a nice little kindergarten squeeze box. Yeah. That'll be our new year. We can start a New Year's tradition where we get presents on New Year's. That sounds great. Then we can learn to play our own uh, theme song. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. We'll get Wyatt to play the clarinet. Maybe Maddie can, you know, dust off the trombone and Ooh, play that. Yeah. yeah. Sharon we can, can play the triangle. We can have our own E Street band. Absolutely. I love it. Guitar. Yeah. Need a guitar, too. I don't know. I don't know sign language. Oh, ukulele. Oh, there ukulele. we go. Yeah, that's the instrument we need. That is a ukulele and, and an accordion. accordion. Has it ever been done? I don't know, but I think that's the recipe for one of the most annoying bands <laughs> in the world. So let's do it. Let's do it. Well, uh, so today, as I said, is our 20th episode, so we're going to be talking about something super special and super important to both of us. Yes. And this is what I consider the original form of nerddom, probably. I would agree with you. Unless you're into medieval tapestry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. There could be a whole wiki out there. I don't know. But we're going to talk about the original Poindexters out there, readers. We're going to talk about books. We're going to talk about books. And when we, talk, when we say books, we're talking about the old school... Just words on a page. No pictures of this episode. Yeah, maybe you have a few illustrations, but they're they're not the main part of the story. Well, yeah, I just mean no comics. Correct. We've, no we've comics. talked about comics. We have. So we're going to talk about the original prints. And I would think for most people, and you and I have talked about this several times, and like you just said, I think most people probably get started with books. Yeah. And that's how, because it opens your imagination, yeah. right? And so then it's just kind of a gateway to other things and then growing up in the time we did you had the cartoons you had everything else yeah. but reading was so easy to yeah. books were easy to collect yeah well and also reading is a fundamental part of learning right so huh <laughs> reading is a fundamental yeah, part of okay learning. sure oh. <laughs> so, sorry i lost my composure there <clears throat> so without reading we would be we would have no stop signs no all road signs All would road just be signs would merely be suggestions. Well, yeah. you know They our, kind of are already, but... <laughs> <laughs> for most people. Yes. For most people, yeah. But you also work at a library. So That's right. That, so this is brings, a personal episode for me. Absolutely. Now, my um, 
my dad, I believe, we never counted, but I think he had enough books that he could have been classified as a library. Yeah. I forget what the number is. I, I looked this up recently, but I think it's, you have to have at least a thousand books. Wow. Um, in your in your collection to be considered a library. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I want to say it's a okay. thousand. And when he passed, we, we boxed up most of his books and we had 20 some boxes of books that were two, three stacks high. Oh my now, I still have quite a bit of yeah. them. Um, but yeah, so books have, books have been part of my life. For sure. And I'm sure most people are gonna say that books have been part of their life. I don't, One I don't way know, or the other. Because but. a lot of people don't like I like my like I read a lot, but my brother doesn't read. So oh. so it's interesting because sometimes books are are a big part of life, but then other times after you get out of school they're just not really Well, that you know my kids are the same way. I've got one, Maddie, uh, who reads fervently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Wyatt just I mean, he reads what he has to. <laughs> well, I can't prove it, but I think my brother John may be illiterate, so oh. that might be why. John. I think it's time to test him. He got a library card several years ago, and I don't think he ever used it. So, <laughs> I mean, they're free, so... I mean, if he's illiterate, yeah. how's he going to find out where to get to the library? Yeah, exactly. He probably Man. reads the card and he can't tell what can't card it is. figure it out. Oh, my goodness. But books. Books, yes. The original nerd dumb. The four-eyed... The taunting of the four eyes. Yeah. The Poindexter calling. Oh, yeah. If, if you spent all your time reading all the time, who, oh, what are you, nerd? Oh, what <laughs> I mean, you would hear those taunts all the time, right? I loved going to the library and trying to find all the different kinds of books. Ada had a much smaller library, mm-hmm. but they still had a nice selection. And so it, it, it was always cool because um, I wanted to be like my dad. My dad read like crazy. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't read his stuff. Um, but so I, we were constantly going to the library to get new books. And even though he, um, had all kinds of books, um, he would still find ones he wanted to read. And, uh, our research intern has just confirmed that it is a thousand books to be considered a library. Wow. I never knew that. That's cool. So, but yeah, so it, I'm pretty sure we accounted once and, and he actually could have, could have qualified. Um, as a library, that's really because cool. he he had. Now I know we've talked about this before. Your dad was a uh, your dad reads quite a bit yes, too. Correct. He's a reader. Now does he have? Does he own a plethora of books, or is it go to the library, get a book, read it, and yeah, it's library for life for him, mm-hmm. and it's which, always been that way as far as I can remember. Which you know. It's better on space, right? Oh yeah. Well, that's true. I I, uh, I have quite a few books mm-hmm. in my personal library. Well, not a library because I don't have a thousand. But my personal collection. Yep. Uh, and they do tend to add up. And when you were talking about boxing those books, I don't think people understand how much work that is to box up a book, like not a book, but a bunch of books and move them. Mm-hmm. That's the worst part of moving. Yeah. It, it they weigh a ton. Yeah. What's well, all the knowledge? And you don't want to, and you don't want to ruin them, right? Yeah. Um, we donated quite a few. Um, I kept all of his Louis L'Amour books, mm-hmm. which we'll get to eventually, um, and kept a good portion of his science fiction 
uh, books. Um, and the rest, we just, we took to, I think it was Half Price Book, just to, to donate them uh, and let someone else have them. Because it, it was, it, there was a lot of books. But, so what did you read first? What, what was, what caught your eye? So I, I was just looking that up to make sure I got the name right. The first book that I remember being, I think it was read to me. It was in class. This is the first book I remember being read to and just falling in love with it. It's called Two Bad Ants. Okay. It's about these two ants that sneak away from the rest of the colony and get in a bunch of trouble. By Chris Van Ellsberg, who I think did Jumanji. Okay. And Zathura. But his art style is so uh, unique that it's... I didn't know he who he was at the time, but I just remember the... But that, I think, is the first book that I was like, oh, there might be something to this reading thing. And I think they read it to me when I was, like, really young. And um, and I just remember the art style. I'll show you a picture. But I remember the art style and the just, just the weird trouble that they would get into. Mm-hmm. But Chris Van Ellsberg has this special style where it's very liney, line-heavy. Oh, nice. Um, so, and I think we have a copy of that at the library because I found it one time and I was like, oh, man. Too bad ants. So, yeah, that's like the first book I remember being like, because that was a picture book. That was before I was reading on my own. Sure. Um, the first picture book, or I'm sorry, the first chapter books that I was reading on my own were probably, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but Harry Potter oh. were like the huge ones as a kid. Because, oh, I'll tell you why. What happened was we lived next to some Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And for whatever reason, they had the first three Harry Potter books, but they weren't allowed to read them, so they gave them to me. I was, I had no idea what Harry Potter was. This mm-hmm. was before it was even popular, I think. And uh, I just said, okay. So those were like my first foray, foray into like reading my own books. But two, two bad answers were, you know, that's my genesis right that's there. there. That's the chance. I can't remember uh, some of the first books. You know, I know we, I know we had them around. Um, but I can't remember. I here's here's one of the first memories I could tell you about a book, though. Uh, I was in elementary school and I was having really bad nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, like tornadoes were coming and just ravaging uh, Ada, which is funny because Ada never had tornadoes. But for whatever reason, I was con- I was haunted by these nightmares all the time. And so I saw um, our, uh, my teacher noticed that I was distraught over something. And so I, they ended up letting me talk to the um, uh, guidance counselor. And so he, um, after I telling him about my nightmares, he had suggested a book for me to read. And what it was, Where the Wild Things Are. Cool. Um, and looking back, I'm not sure exactly what that had to yeah. do with nightmares <laughs> per se but i remember reading it and going oh okay well that's a pretty cool book and then they didn't bother me as much oh. um so i'm not sure how that all works but that's probably one of the earliest memories yeah. i can think of of reading a book because you know i'm ancient now and they kind of go back um i can't tell you the first um, chapter books I read you know we had the scholastic fairs yeah. and they still happen at the school 
and I had bought myself, I had gotten like a couple of dollars yeah. saved up, and I bought a collection of Edgar Allan Poe stories. Mm, oh my, at the Scholastic Book at Fair. At the Scholastic wow. Book Fair. I, I would, even then, I was buying the weird and yeah. warped stuff. Um, we had a copy of um, uh, Stories You Tell in the Dark or oh, Scary Stories God. You Tell in the Dark. I had that for the longest time, and I'm not sure where it's at. I, I, we must have donated it at some point or gotten rid of it. Um, so those are the first books I can remember reading on my own. Yeah. There was, I had a book, you know, of classic movie monsters and stuff. And, um, and that was kind of, it had pictures, but it also kind of gave the history of some of the movie monsters. Oh, cool. Um, so that was a neat book. Um, but I can remember when I was finally old enough that my dad thought that I could read one of his books. And, and like I said, he was a huge Louis L'Amour fan and science fiction and whatnot. So he told me, um, he asked me what book I want to read, and I said I want to I want to read a Louis L'Amour because I've always loved cowboys. Yeah, uh, you know, <clears throat> anyone who knows me, you know, John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, western movies. So he picked out Hondo, and that so that was the first grown-up dad book that I read was Hondo, and absolutely just tore through it and uh, loved it, mm. and then it just. He just kept letting me borrow his books. And so I would, I read quite a few Louis L'Amour's, and then he'd start letting me read some science fiction. I mean, he just had all kinds of different stuff. He had, a, you know, these uh, Myth Avengers by uh, Robert Asprin mm. uh, was the gentleman's name. Uh, and then just every science fiction writer you can think of, Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke and Asimov. And, and so... He really let me have the reins, so it was, I just, I never read as fast as he did. I mean, he could tear through a book like yeah. nobody's business. Um, but man, there was a good two or three summers where I just, just read as much as I possibly could, which then led to, then I started finding my own uh, likes, right? right? You know, my dad did not like horror or anything like that. And I discovered Stephen King. I read a Stephen King book at the library. I forget which one. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, what other ones do we have here? And I can remember reading Cujo and just being scared out of my oh, ever-loving yeah. mind. And that's just, but I loved it. And so then I was hooked. You know, I would read as much horror as I could, uh, whether Stephen King or, um, oh, Oh, what's his name? He wrote The Good Son, and uh, oh my gosh, why am I having problems with his name? He still writes. Anywho, um, but Peter Straub, I read some stuff from him, um, who he just recently passed not oh. too long ago. But um, so yeah, so kind of diverged and went down my own path. But I would still get some of my uh, dad books every once in a while for a change of pace. So. Yeah, what about you? Well, so you're talking about horror books, and I would be remiss if I didn't say, I forgot to put this, this was before Harry Potter even, but Goosebumps? Oh, sure. Goosebumps was a huge part of my childhood. It's a huge part of my life, I guess. I, a couple of years ago, I reread all the Goosebumps mm -hmm. in order. Well, the original Goosebumps, there's far too many. I read them all for Halloween. Um, so R.L. Stein is a personal hero of mine. So that that is what I would get from Scholastic Book Fairs, stuff like that. And um, I guess Captain Underpants probably, too. I was on the edge of that. Um, uh, but, but Goosebumps was like, that's 
Goosebumps is probably what warped me to be partly as much of a person as I am today because I just I like that weird kind of horror kind of comedy thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just read all the Goosebumps, and I I read a good portion of them because when I was rereading them, I was like, I remember this one, I remember this one. Uh, so yeah, that was a huge one, and then um, then I found Harry Potter and. Um, like you, my dad is a huge, or like your dad, my dad is a huge reader. And so I think that, um, just that was like how we spent a lot of time together as when I was a kid was just going through books, Mm -hmm. just any kind of chapter book really. Or, um, I don't remember if he was big into the picture books, but when I started reading chapter books, he was, we could really talk about it, you know? Sure. Um, but he like, you know, he's like huge fantasy guy. Mm -hmm. I never really got much into fantasy. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. So, but like you're saying, we found our own kind of your own path. Yeah, yeah. Dad, uh, my dad did some of the fantasy. Like I said, those myth adventures, and yeah. he had a lot of the fantasy books. Not as many Western or science fiction, um, but yeah, I I didn't mind them, but they weren't my cup of tea. Yeah. He also really he got later got into the Anne Rice books. Okay. And liked a lot of those. Dean Koontz, by the way, oh, Dean was the okay. uh, name of the author I was thinking of. I can't believe I almost forgot. As I was looking, you started talking about Goosebumps. It made me think about an R.L. Stein. Choose your own adventure books. Yeah. So I, I loved those as a kid. Yes. And so those would probably be some of my earlier memories, yeah. too. But I've actually got, I found at the Hat yeah. Price book, an R.L. Stein written Choose oh, Your Own yeah? Adventure that was pre-Goosebumps. Oh, that's cool. So... Yeah, it's those things obviously were a blast because you know, and, and I'm sure you guys did the same thing. You just put your yeah, finger, on, finger the on the page and then go up to the next one and like, oh, I don't like where that's going. Okay, <laughs> it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> but um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, what do you tend to gravitate towards now? Now I'm more of a a sci-fi reader, mm-hmm. but I'm also a, a big uh, short story guy. So I like a lot of short stories because I think because my attention span has been stunted. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's that. But I've been reading a lot of sci-fi lately um, mm-hmm. and uh, just stuff that is speculative, I guess. Yeah. I've, I always feel like you either, and this probably isn't true, but in my mind I was like, you're either like a sci-fi fan or a fantasy fan. And people can be both, but I think that for the... Some everybody kind of favors one over the other. Sure. Uh, which, as a side note, I would just like to get this off my chest. The library, and I think they want to change this, but they they interfile the sci-fi and the fantasy together oh. with the same sticker, which has sci-fi. Oh. <laughs> but a lot of the fantasy has sci-fi stickers on it, and it has bothered me for about seven years, which is as long as I've worked at the library. Yeah. No, that would bother me too. Yeah, They're so not the same thing. No, I think that they are going to change that, but. Uh, but anyway, so I I have more of a sci-fi fan. I think because it's rooted more in science and reality, and mm-hmm. it's kind of speculative to the point where it's like, oh, like this is Earth, but it's there's robots and there's laser guns, and probably you know probably because of Star Wars too. So of course, sure, interesting. Yeah. So I started more recently. Um, there was a TV show that Dad got me hooked on um, while he was going through chemotherapy called Longmire. Yeah. And, um, which is based on a, um, a series of mystery novels written by this guy named uh, Craig Johnson. And um, if you don't know the series or the books, I, I couldn't recommend them high enough. 
Um, the, the TV series was absolutely amazing. Uh, Sharon and I still go back and binge watch several episodes. Um, the books read just like the episodes play out. I mean, the, the dialogue is crisp. Um, you, get, you get the modern, you know, murder mystery feel, but then there's kind of this mystical supernatural mm. feel to them too. Um, uh, because they're, they adjoin to, uh, in, uh, indigenous, uh, reservations. Okay. And so, uh, the, the books are just absolutely amazing and they're, they're great reads. Um, and then I, I enjoy, um, historical fiction, oh, I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Um, I still have a book that Maddie got me, uh, called the first conspiracy, and I have yet to read it. Unfortunately, the last couple of years with the pandemic, my reading has really... You would think my reading would go up, yeah. but it's actually gone down. Um, and I'm, I've am i started to read a little bit more. Um, I have found... You talk about the, the attention span. Yeah. I have found I need a routine. So I can't read too many comics in a row or I get burnt out. And I can't read too much prose because it does the same thing. So I started... I would read a handful of comics and then take a couple days off and I would read a few chapters in a book and then just rotate it like that. And it seemed to keep me interested in both. Mm. And, and then that way I would, and I read pretty steadily. Dad and I started, Dad got me hooked actually on, on the, uh, the thrillers, if you will, yeah. or the mystery, because uh, Clive Cussler mm. was one that um, my grandma actually suggested reading Raise the Titanic. And I'm like, okay, and got it from the library, read it, loved it. So then I started reading more uh, Cussler. And Dad saw me reading it one day, and he's like, what's that? And I said, oh, I think you'd really like this. Here, read it. And, and then he got hooked on Clive Cussler, so he had a ton of books. And then he was buying them for me for every Christmas for a while. And then Elmore Leonard was another big one that we both started reading at the same time. And then, um, oh, what's his name? He did the Jesse Stone books uh uh robert b parker um who passed a few years yeah. back that was another one his, the dialogue in those books is just so so crisp and and they did a really good job of adapting them for the the movies that tom Selleck did on mm, cbs yeah. um but those those books are really great reads too and because they they don't seem to take that long uh, even though they're a good sized book, it's just the dialogue is just so yeah. so fast that you don't. It doesn't seem like you're bogged down reading something. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I had a, a side idea. Uh -huh. We should start a book club, and we should call it the Prose Bros. The Prose Bros. <laughs> I don't know. That, that just I just wanted to say that before I forgot. I like it. What do you think, Maddie? Oh, that's good. You like that? So. We have a special guest in the audience today, and that is the oldest of my offspring, and uh, that is Maddie. So we have talked about her in several episodes, yeah. um, and in fact, for the Christmas episode that uh, we talked about how my, my dad got her yeah. a big bag of books. Do you remember all those books Grandpa got you? Yeah. So Nancy Drew. All the, all the Nancy Drew. So what are you reading now? What are your favorite books to read? Um, like you said earlier, I, well, my reading has also slowed down during the pandemic. Been a lot of working and school and stuff. 
my attention span's not good. But, yeah, I like the historical fiction. Um, I like, when I was a kid, I really liked the Percy Jackson series. Mm-hmm. I still think it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic, honestly. There's a show coming up for it. There is a show now. How did, the, I never read the books, but I enjoyed the movies. How did the mm-hmm. books and the movies line up? The movies that came out with Logan Lerman, mm-hmm. they're not really accurate at all. I think they're fun as their own thing, but they don't, they're not, because in the first book, the kids are like 11, 12, mm-hmm. and then in the movie, they're like 17. Yeah, they're older teenagers. Yeah. And it's like, and that's just the start of it being kind of wacky, but I think they're entertaining. I mm-hmm. think they have fun moments, and I love Logan Lerman, so... Well, who doesn't? Right. right. Yeah. Teen heartthrob. Oh, my gosh. Right. I tell you what. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you reading now? Is it anything for classes, or do you actually, are you reading stuff that's your own? When I'm in classes and the semester is in session, I don't really have, I don't really read for pleasure, but I want to, but I, I don't. So I usually just read, like, I have to read a lot of history books for mm-hmm. my classes. But right now, I'm reading a book called Crossings by Alex Landrigan. And so far, it's really interesting. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure, except you don't get to choose where you go. But at the end of each chapter, it tells you what page to go to. So you can either read it following the random order they give you, well, not random, but you know what I mean. Or you can read it from front to back. Huh. It's, I think it's pretty interesting. I'm reading it in the crazy order because I think that's more fun. Well, sure. That's what yeah. they they did the work to uh, make that, so. Yeah, and I like it. It's oh, very fun. interesting. Yeah. She's actually, so Maddie was the one who uh, recommended we go see Atomic Blonde in yeah. the theater because she read the graphic novel. Now, was that for class or was that just for... The, the graphic novel is called The Cold City. Yeah. Yeah, I read that for fun. There was a period in my life where I was trying to do this year-long 52-week um, book challenge. Yes. And each week, you read a different book, and it gave you stipulations. And one week, it was a graphic novel. And I, had never, I didn't really dabble in that very much. But I read that, and it was really good and they had like I would read it and they had different languages and I would get Google Translate out and I would translate the languages and the movie was really good too the movie's very good it's fantastic it is Charlize Theron right yeah B.A. who else is James McAvoy James McAvoy's in that John Goodman Toby Jones lots of people it's so good we should watch that the movie is very good anyone who's not watched Atomic Blonde should yeah. And then read Cold City. Yeah. Agreed. Or Agreed. vice versa. Or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Watch the movie first. So since we're talking about adaptations, yeah. let's let's oh my. Let, let's go on a uh oh. Let's like, go on a side road here. Yeah. Are there and we'll keep Maddie included in this. Yeah. Are there if she wants to. Okay. Um are there any movies that you just can't stand because you love the book so much and the second part of that are there any movies that you love but you've tried to read the book and you just can't 
Oh my gosh, I, I just because we talked, uh, I talked to the, somebody at work about this before this podcast. Um, though there is, this is maybe a dangerous thing to say, but I I can think of one movie that I like better as a movie than a book. Okay, which is the movie Big Fish. Okay, by Tim Burton, mm-hmm. because I read the book and the book is more just like this happened, and then maybe this happened. Whereas the movie is more connected, where it's like actually because it's visual, so you see his life. Um, so that's like the only movie I can think of that I'm like, uh, I really want to read this book, and then I was like, uh, the book's okay, you know, not to disparage the author, but sure. But uh, I'm sure that I'm I'm gonna have to think about movies that are uh, terrible. Uh, well, why you do that? Yeah. So I I've got the easier one for me too is a movie that I really enjoyed, and I tried reading the book yeah and that's last of the mohicans ah. absolutely love that movie uh, my dad and i saw it in the theater it, to this day i still love watching it it's such a great story tried reading the book one time yeah and my lord i don't think i got past page 50 <laughs> i'm not even sure i got that far it it was just so hard to read maybe it's because from the 1800s i <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but it, it was just, oh, I just couldn't stand it. Um, so that would be mine. I'm trying to think if there's, I can't think of any ones that I absolutely love the book but hate the movie. Off the top of my head, I can tell you that, um, like the movie The Shootist, which was John Wayne's last movie, mm-hmm. um, the movie's great. The book's amazing, but they change so much. Uh, from the book um, and hopefully this isn't spoiling anything since the movie's 50 years old now um, but Ron Howard's character um, in the book yeah. is, is a terrible human being just absolutely just despicable and um, so I thought that was interesting and, and I get why they made those changes Maddie can you think of anything that are I mean I know you talked about uh, the Percy Jackson series, but is there mm. any movie you've watched and then you've tried to read the book and you're like, nope, not happening? I'm sure there are, but I feel like, hmm, I really like period pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm gonna sound so like basic what I'm about to say. Sure. But I love Little Women and Pride and Prejudice and Jane Austen in general. And I think, I think I watched the the 2019 movie and the 2005 movie, respectively, before I read the books. And it is different. Well, sure. Because with Little Women, that one was kind of rough because, I don't know, they... They spoke a different way, mm-hmm. and it was very. Mm, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say something little. You. You um, know what? Mm. Go ahead. Finish. No, I was but gonna I just say thought, something kind of. Not. Mm, not good for the podcast. I I just thought of. Movie I uh, hate. Yeah. And that's the adaptation of The Dark Tower. Oh, Stephen, I never watched it. Because Stephen King's Dark heard... Tower is one of the. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. And that run 
is just a great run of books. That movie, I love Idris Elba, mm-hmm. and he's about the only good thing in that movie. Matthew McConaughey was just, I don't know, was weird as as the man in black. I that movie was terrible. Yeah. So you know what? There's there's my vote vote for great book, horrible adaptation. Uh, I did think of one while you were talking. 1984, I think it was 1984, David Lynch's Dune. Oh, okay. Which pains yes. me doubly to say because I love David Lynch. Yeah. I think he's a great filmmaker. But Dune just misses the mark by about 10 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's... I I have thought about it, and I think it's because David Lynch is such an original vision that adapting anything is probably going to be hard for him. But I've read the book, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty. It's a very. It kind of like changed a lot of sci-fi and everything. And um, but a lot of what's happening in the book to me feels periphery. So you're kind of reading about it happening around the world and how it changes the world. Mm-hmm. With David Lynch's Dune, it's just like beating you over the head, and it's just like, oh my! Have you ever seen it? I have seen Dune, and so I've never read Dune. Okay, but we would watch Dune often when it was on. Okay, um, and. And my dad would complain. He's like, well, it didn't happen. Yeah. Like uh, but we would still watch it. So I never had any reference points. Yeah. Um, I always thought it was weird. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. But um, it was on. Um, if I never watch it again, it's going to be okay. Have you watched the new one? I have not watched the new one. Have you? Yes, I liked it. I liked it. The, the thing that it had going for it was, the biggest thing I think is that it's split into two films. Because the first one is like, let's fit everything. Uh, the first, the David Lynch movie is like, let's fit everything into one movie. Yeah, and it's just like there's way too much in oh, Dune. Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's a very thick book. Yeah, yeah, it's not an easy read. No, no. And I've never. So let's segue because my brain likes to go away. Yeah. So what is a? We're gonna. We love doing hot takes yeah. here, right? Okay. So. What is a book or a book franchise that you just can't get into, that, that you've tried? And... Okay. Um, I, I thought you were going to ask that. So one that I really can't get into is uh, Game of Thrones. Okay. I just, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was the, I know. I, I tried reading it. Oh, you've read like, it? I tried reading it. Oh, you tried. One. I thought you said I cried, and Ooh, I was like, oh. I couldn't get into it. It's... I can't read the. I never watched the show, and I never read the books. So mm-hmm. that's one that I just. I think is just. I, I I would agree. I've never even attempted to read the yeah. books. I watched the first episode at a friend's house, and I just didn't understand the appeal. Uh, but here, I'll go one. I'll I'll raise you, Uh-oh. okay, so that people aren't as upset with you. I cannot stand. Lord of the Rings oh. or The Hobbit. Oh, <laughs> I have. I, I can't. I. I'll, I'll even double down. I don't like the movies either. I, I don't like the movies or the books. I tried. I've tried reading the the Hobbit so many different times from from like middle school on. Yeah, and just can't wow i i just i just do not care for it um the lord of the ring books i got even less into yeah um because i tried reading the hobbit first i can i can remember that i remember getting the hobbit and thinking oh it's fantasy 
okay, this will be cool. Dragons, yeah. you know, swords. Ooh, you know, it'll be like Dungeons and Dragons, oh, yeah. right? This is going to be great. And I just, I did not, wow. did not enjoy it at all. That's and I tried like three or four times to get into it. Um, Lord of the Rings, I didn't even. Nope. And then some friends wanted to watch one of the movies. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe the movie's better than the books because I hadn't tried since high school to read anything like that. Nope. Didn't didn't care for the movie either. Um, I just now I've not watched any of the other two Lord of the Rings. I've I've only watched the first one. I just but yeah the books I should like them. I really think I should, but I just I've never been able to get into them. Wow, that's a sizzling hot take. <laughs> you know, well, I'm just between Elf, my yeah. Elf take, and and my take on Lord of the Rings. I'm getting rid of all kinds of people, yeah. Maddie. You disparaged Elf. I may have said. That Elf is the most overrated Christmas movie ever. He did say that. He did say that. I, we may have to go back to the tape and, nope, and replay I, it. That's exactly the words you used. <laughs> you didn't talk bad about Home Alone, did you? No. Okay. No, no. And, and and I don't think I said anything really bad about Elf. It's just not my cup of tea. Right. That's all. Hating I mean, you know I love Anchorman. I love these. <laughs> and some Ricky Bobby. I... I just Elf isn't my thing. Yeah, it's he was not having it. There's a there's one. So there's an adaptation that gets done all the time, right? A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Now I've never read the original Christmas Carol. Um, I'm afraid to. Yeah. Because I love the movies so much. Any iteration of it, whether it's George C. Scott, The Muppets. Mickey Christmas Carol, the classic from 1951, any of those. Those are great. I'm afraid to read the book because I don't want to not like yeah. the book. Have you ever have you ever I read it a long 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 time ago, so I don't really remember if it was and it's quite a small book. It's like more of a novella, I think. Gotcha. So, it's pretty easy to read, but okay. that I could see that one being an, an intimidating read because it's so I mean, especially the, you got the Muppets on that one. So. Yeah, it's it's that's a huge chunk of culture. Yeah, right? the Muppets has two narrators. Yeah, I think Christmas Carol is what kind of, if I remember correctly, it's like what kind of popularized Christmas as what we as what we kind of know it. Oh, I I think I've read that. That's before, interesting. So it kind of like sh- like shaped it into the tradition of of what we know. Now you recently. Uh, started reading different authors. Yeah, and you read Catcher in the Rye, correct? I did read Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that one was a little rough. It's right? a hard read. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good it's a well written book. Let's say that it's very well written. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to disparage anyone, but I'm not sure why it's considered so much of a classic. Yeah, but it's very oh. very well written. I I almost wonder if. The, the the content that was being written, the 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 theme, yeah, because of the time it right. was being written was just so so different than yeah. than usual, right? Yeah, it um, was. It's very. I can see that why. I can see why that at the time it was written, it was like so controversial. Sure. 
but today it seems kind of tame. <laughs> right. I I can remember. I so I did a book report on that yeah. in high school, and um, I remember my one teacher asking me if, if I was sure I would oh, yeah. do it on that. And um, but she she did discourage me, but it was you know, it was funny because I I did a report on that, and then I did a report on Animal Farm. And I, nice. and, and I remember the comment on Animal Farm is, well, that's a pretty safe choice. And um, I, I didn't understand it. And I'm not sure I still do because you really have to read between the lines. Yeah. And there's a lot to connect there. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was maybe it's because it wasn't – it's not a long book. Right. Like you said, sure. like it's, it's, it's almost like a novella. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it just – it's just interesting. I, I can remember for book reports, I wasn't allowed to pick Louis L'Amour. Oh. I wasn't allowed to choose any, uh, any of the science fiction stuff, like any Asimov or whatnot. Now that's gatekeeping. Um, I, I wasn't allowed to do those. It was really weird. But I could do like Grapes of Wrath. Um, oh, so you had to do like the classics. Yeah, exactly. And it's and I tried to make an argument that Louis L'Amour had been, at that point, writing for decades. Yeah. How is that not considered a classic? Especially since he's got a book, anyone who thinks, oh, Louis L'Amour only does, you know, westerns, although that is his meat and potatoes, he wrote a book called The Walking Drum. And whenever someone asks me, recommend a book that I normally wouldn't read, I always recommend that one. It's, it's set in medieval times. Um, it's not a western. It's much longer than most any other books that he's done. Um, and it's a fantastic read. It's it's the Louis L'Amour book that I've reread the most. Hmm. Um, I just absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, so it, the classics. Yeah, which which is interesting. Um, yeah, I I've been reading more of what people consider the classics lately. But mm-hmm. to me, I'm just attracted to the type of writing style that people because like I've been reading a lot of stuff from the the 20th century. I'm just I just like the writing style. Like we've talked about Ray Bradbury before, mm-hmm. and he he's prolific. Yeah, and I've been reading a lot of his stuff. And in fact, my D and D character is named Bradbury it, after the great Brad, Ray Bradbury. It is. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I just read Fahrenheit. Maddie just, Maddie just connected the dots. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just read Fahrenheit 451 this year. Was that your first time, time yeah. reading it? Yeah. yeah. No, we didn't read it in high school. My high school reading selection wasn't as robust. Now, you read it in high school, correct, Maddie? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if we ever talked about it, because that was one of my favorite books to read in high school. Yeah. And I, I still have a few copies. You have now. several copies. I have yeah. several copies of it. What were your thoughts on it? Um, it wasn't my favorite of the things I read in high school. My favorite book I had to read for high school was called is called The Things They Carried. Oh, yeah. It's about, um, you know, the Vietnam War and mm -hmm. veterans dealing with it when they go home. It's very dark in certain places, but it's one of the ones I actually absorbed the best, I think. And then we also read two graphic novels, and I also like those more than pretty much anything else we read. Hmm. Yeah, Fahrenheit. It was... It's not my favorite. Not your favorite? Wow. I okay. liked, um, hot take. Hot take on the hot Man. book. Man. What's the the Atlas Atlas Huxley? Atalus. Oh, Brave New World. Yeah, I liked that one too. 
Mm-hmm. I never read Brave New World. I thought that was it was it was weird, but I thought it was fun. Now, did you have to read Slaughterhouse Five for high school? <sighs> no, but, but I read it. You over read in college, summer. right? Oh yeah. no, over summer. Okay, like this past summer, and I really yes. loved it. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up. Yeah, that's one book I was going to bring up too. Hit it, let's go. I I don't even know what to, I think you should go. Slaughterhouse Five. Kurt Vonnegut is my homie now. Mm-hmm. Um, I read Slaughterhouse Five. It's one of the few books that I blazed through. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it from the library because I was like, you know, I've never read Slaughterhouse Five. It's supposed to be a classic, but really, I just want to read Kurt Vonnegut. And uh, oh my gosh, it is just so good. It's so well written, and you just want to read it. Like it just makes you want. Because I'm a slow reader. Like I do not read fast. But Slaughterhouse Five, Five, I had done in a couple days mm-hmm. because I was just like I would sit down and I'm like, oh, it's time to read Slaughterhouse Five, you know. And uh, so I, I'm, it's probably I would say it's probably one of my favorite books ever. It is a great read. Oh, I'll agree. Now it's been years since I've read it, but I remember having the same. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things. I think I read it in three days. Oh, I mean, it was yeah. just boom, 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 and and because it was just. So great. I can't remember much of anything else of Vonnegut's that I've read. Mm-hmm. I know I have. Yeah. Because Dad had some Kurt Vonnegut, although I don't have any in in my mini library. Yeah. My collection. So right. it's not a library. I don't have a thousand books. <laughs> but if I count my comics, yeah. ooh, are we allowed to do that? Oh, well, you definitely have a comic library. There I we think. go. If you count mine and combine it with yours, there we go. I think we'll do we that. Might be close. I think we're close the to the family library. library. That's it, the Daringer Library. We got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Slaughterhouse Five is just one of those ones that you know. I hate it when people say you've got to read this book. Yeah, yeah. But man, that's one that yeah, you really should read that book. Yeah. Gosh, it's so good. Um, is there so Maddie's still in college? So we'll get to her last. Mm-hmm. Is there anything? from your mandatory college reading that that you that still sticks with you. Yeah, uh, there was a book I had to read called Infinite Jest. Mm-hmm. It's about 1200 pages long. Wow. Um, it was an entire course was built around it. It was our big book that we had to read and our big thesis that we had to write. Um, and it really I always equate it to Nightfall, Batman Nightfall because that book broke my spine and then I had to relearn how to walk because <laughs> it was just so so mammoth and it had all these end notes and you had to read the end notes to understand mm-hmm. the world that the book was written in and so um that book sticks with me because it was so just so huge um i'm sure there were others but like william faulkner stuff like as i lay dying like anything by william faulkner that we read i was like into it but man infinite jest was just like and because it was modern i think it was written in the 90s mm-hmm. and it was just like just opened my eyes to a new way of reading what mm-hmm. about you um, so I, being a business major, oh, yeah. I didn't have to. Read, oh, I didn't have to read as much as as uh, you two. Yeah. Um, you know, English major and history major. Um, so my stuff would be like for my English classes I did take. I have the American Short Story yeah. collection, um, which I absolutely love. I mean, you've got just a huge, diverse collection of just stuff from. Uh, American um, literature. Uh, I when I moved to Columbus, I took medieval literature, and I had to get uh, a book for that, which I still have on my shelf. Um, and that had stuff like Beowulf in oh, there. Yeah. It had Paradise Lost in there. Um, just all kinds of other. 
things that I normally wouldn't have read mm -hmm. and absolutely just loved. You know, I knew the story of Beowulf from, you know... Just it being Beowulf. Being, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what's the, uh, Sir Gawain and the, yeah, the Green, Green Knight. Knight. Um, so that was another one. Um, the only books I can remember reading that were actual books... For one English class, I read O Pioneers okay. by Willa Cather. Okay. And then I read, for a political science class, I read a really good book, and it was called um, On Promised Land. And it discussed, um, it discussed the uh, migration of the African Americans from the South up to the North oh, yeah. after the Civil War, and then what it was like in the slaughterhouses in Chicago and, and whatnot. And um, obviously that was something I was never taught in yeah. high school. So, you know, just gave a new perspective on our history. Uh, but I didn't read, it's one of the things I didn't get to do a lot yeah. in college because, you know, with my major, I read a lot of statistic books oh, yeah. and, and how to deal with employees and, <laughs> and marketing. So um, Riveting. It, it was, let me tell you, that stuck with me. But so what about you, Matt? You're still in the, you're knee deep in your history classes. So what, what are you liking? I've read some good ones this semester. Um, I've taken a lot of interesting classes in my time at OU. But this past semester, the ones that I like the best is I took a class on, a medieval history class. It was sex, deviance, and crime. In medieval Europe and we read three books and watched one movie for it and it was one was a poisoned past it was about a woman whose husband dies mysteriously and then how she gets like how the town goes after her and it's a whole thing um, Trent 1475 which was about how a kid gets murdered and then the small Jewish community in the town gets gone. Everybody starts attacking them in the community because they were all Christians and it's a whole thing. Um, and then Immodest Acts which was about um, a nun who was having visions from Jesus but then she was also a lesbian maybe. And then we watched The Witch Oh. Which was really good. Yeah, and then plus cut. For I had another class that was oil, the Persian Gulf, and world power, and I read a lot for that one. But my favorite one was a book. It was called. The main title was Kings and Presidents, and it was like a guy who used to work for the CIA, and he was just laying out this history of the United States relations with. Saudi Arabia and the presidents and the kings and all that stuff and it was so interesting there was another book for that class that I thought was it was about um, Rockefeller and it was written more narratively than like a textbook mm -hmm. which I thought was good and what else I had a classics class that I read a lot of um, philosophy for which was <laughs> difficult and yeah. Now, have you read? So I remember when you came home a few months ago. You went to the book loft, and oh my gosh. 
And anyone who is from Central Ohio, hopefully you know about the book loft. It's, you have to go if you've never been. It's just an absolutely amazing place. What is it, 37 rooms? Yeah, something like that. Um, of books and just every shape and size, every yeah. genre. But you've got some interesting ones. I'm just curious if you've read any of them yet. Um, I'm trying to think of what I got. I got. Didn't you get one on Irish? Wasn't there like an Irish history yeah. one? or There was one that was just called Irish History. Yeah. And the, um, the blurb on the back said that it's like... <laughs> sorry. That it's like the baseline that even people in Ireland use for their like history. And each chapter is... A different time period or a different specific thing and it's in each chapter is written by a different author hmm. and I started reading it but it was it was a rough one because that <laughs> one is written like a historical yeah. textbook yeah but those ones are harder to it's good I started I bought one on Anne Boleyn and I started reading that but I haven't gotten all the way through it yet school started and that was good too I bought a lot I bought like 11 books yeah, that was you had a haul that day. Yeah, that's I think I think the last time we went, yeah. you actually found for me those two Louis L'Amour books. Yeah, that they were lost manuscripts yeah. and short stories. Um, there was three of them actually total. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, um, that his son actually uh, the one was an actual story that his son ended up finishing based on a manuscript, and the other ones were just lost short stories. So I have not I have not read those yet. Um, and then I got one from, I, I'm always intrigued to read traditional, as I'm using air quotes yeah. here, traditional books that are written by comic book authors. Oh, yeah. Um, and vice versa. Um, so I got one I think I showed you from Charles Soule. Yeah. Writes amazing comic books. So it's like, well, what what's his regular books read? Yeah. But then it's always neat to see Sir Brad Meltzer, I think is his name. Yeah writes these great political thriller, you know, action books, but he's gone into comics and he read, or he wrote Identity yeah. Crisis with um, the Justice League and he's written some other, you know, really well-received comics. So it's, and who's the, uh, Takesha, oh, what's his oh, name? Tanahashi Coates. Yeah, Tanahashi Coates, there we go. He he did a run on Captain America that was really good and then I think, think he did a run or is doing a run right now on black panther yeah that's what he started off was with black panther oh okay because he did the nation under our feet or something like that mm -hmm. yeah but yeah so i know it's always interesting to see that kind of crossover yeah so so besides vonnegut and and whatnot what is there anything else that you're reading these days that really... Yeah, so I'm like borderline obsessed with Philip K. Dick. Okay. He's a sci-fi writer. He wrote mm -hmm. Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep, which became Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm reading a book of his short stories right now. And the last time we went to the book loft, I got the early works of Philip K. Dick. Uh, he questions a lot of what is reality. So it, his reading him kind of makes me paranoid. <laughs> so I try to read it not all the time. Because uh -huh. the last two stories I read from him back to back were like... Oh, this reality is an illusion, and I was like, "Is it?" It's the Matrix. <laughs> he, yeah, he probably would have loved that movie. Yeah, but so I'm doing that, and um, I have a lot. Oh, and I just reread one of my favorite books, 
a little while ago called A Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a book I didn't appreciate very much the first time I read it, uh, but then I reread it and I was like, oh, there's something to this, which is a really great book. It won the Pulitzer Prize back in 1981, so if you're looking for something to read, try, try that. I know you've talked about it quite a bit, so it's it's on my list. If if I ever find it, I'd like to to add it to my library. Yeah, there's he, a few Bradbury titles I want to add to. Yeah, I need to. That's and that's the good thing about working at the library is I just you I just, just whenever I feel it. like it, I just grab it. So yeah. I'm currently reading like an 800 page collection of short stories by Ray Bradbury because we just have it at the library, and I was yeah. like, I feel like this today. Nice. So that's always nice. Now. You mentioned rereading. Now, Maddie's even younger than, than you are. So are, how do you... There are some people who say, I've read it. There's no need for mm. me to keep it. I don't want to reread it. What are your thoughts? Do you, is there a book yet in your young life that you've reread or that you're like, oh, I, I can't wait till I can read that again? Yeah, I have the memory of a goldfish. So <laughs> I can like watch something or read something and however much time passes, I could completely forget something about it. Um, I don't do a lot of rereading nowadays, but when I was younger and I, you know, didn't have to work in the summer and I was just hanging out around the house and I was mm-hmm. reading 24-7, I, there's this one, it's three books in one. And, not in one. It's bound together. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it was called like Death by Bikini Mysteries. Oh yes. And I don't know why. That's the first thing that just came to my head. And it it's probably ridiculously cheesy and goofy, mm-hmm. but I remember loving it. It's like there's secret agents, and she lives on an island that people can't go to, and then there's romance, and that's so fun. And then Percy Jackson again. I reread those. The original series and Heroes of Old... I started rereading it with the child I nanny. And... Because I wanted her to get into that. Because it's quality stuff as opposed to some of the other media consumed by younger children nowadays. But she loved it. And it was so good. Yeah. Awesome. But I don't know right now. What What are some of your... Um earliest memories of books like books that your mom or I would read to you um, when you were a kid what what really sticks out frog and toad frog oh and frog toad. and toad yeah frog and toad yeah that that's my first thought i remember having a biography of abraham lincoln mm. it was bill o'reilly i think yes oh. i remember i was obsessed with that i read it all the time what else did I'm, we did we did like a Dr. Seuss, obviously. Oh yeah. Frog and Toad is like number one. Frog, Frog and Toad, is those were my favorite ones to read to you. As much as I loved reading the Dr. Seuss books because I could do voices and, <laughs> and it was fun reading the rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, The Places You'll Go is still just, it's the perfect Dr. Seuss story, I think. Um, as much as I love reading Green Eggs and Ham. Oh yeah. Um, but oh, the places you'll go is just pinnacle, Doctor Seuss. Yeah. I think. But yeah, Frog and Toad was my favorite stuff to read. Good night. What was it? Good night, sun. Hello, moon. I think is the name of the title. We read that a lot. But yeah, the Frog and Toad stories were. We had. We we still have 
it was a collection of I think three volumes. Oh wow! And and it got to the point where she would just say, "I want the cookie one." Or I was. <laughs> That's what, I was just about to say that. That's my favorite one. So the they they are just uh, love frog and toads. Those those stories are the best. I'm not even sure how old they are when they originally came yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm not, I don't know if they were around when I was a kid. Um, we really need to get our research intern on that. Um, but um, Andrew, Andrew Lobel, right? I think that is correct. I mean, we, we like Frog and Toad, Toad so much that there was actually talk at one point to get oh. Frog and Toad tattoos. That's still, oh, that's and, still and that might still happen. I want a, a slaughterhouse tattoo. The yeah. epitaph at the top. Is that oh. how you pronounce that? Yeah. That everything is beautiful, nothing hurts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would make a great tattoo. Right? That, was, that would be a good one. I think oh I contemplated gosh. that as well when I read that book. <laughs> it's so... Oh, I love it. We're, we're, getting, we're getting confirmation on Frog and Toad as we speak. <laughs> uh, Frog and Toad are friends is the collection, I believe, that... Uh, is the is the oh. book? Good yeah, Arnold Lobel. I'm not sure when the books are from. Maybe they always existed, forever. I mean, he passed in uh, the early '80s, really? so I'm assuming that, that obviously these books must have. So this says published '70 through '79. There we go. So these would have been around when I was a kid. It turns so, into a Yep, first to publish in 1970. So, um, so these would have been around. So I'm I'm curious now. I'm gonna have to ask ask the people that knew me as a child if these ever got read to me. But I would like to think that reading to them at such a young age is one of the, one of the reasons that that she still goes on. Um, cookies, there it is. Cookies is. <laughs> Is bookmarked. <laughs> they share cookies. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, we could just go on forever yeah. talking about books. I just so I mean, as always, guys. Hopefully, you've enjoyed this. Um, get hold of us: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, write us, us a book. Write us a book. Yeah, why not? But tell us, tell us what your your favorite author is. What your favorite book series is. You know, what you love reading your kids or grandkids or, I mean, whatever it is. You can tell me I'm wrong about Lord of the Rings. That's fine. <laughs> I, I've heard it all my life whenever I talk about it. So, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to hear because this, this is something that it's near and dear to our yeah. hearts. And so, we'd love to hear what you guys love. And, uh, and share it with us. Yeah. So, but I mean, you got anything else, man? Well, I'd just like to thank our special guest. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Maddie, for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, you can come back whenever you want. Long time listener, first time caller. First time, first time guest star. <laughs> first, first guest star, period. First guest star. You are the first one to ever grace the microphone with us. Except for Gus, right? Except for Gus. Wow. But she doesn't get any speaking parts. Yeah. So. <laughs> just bit parts. She just tries. bit parts. She, she just likes to distract us and cause mayhem. I uh, guess uh, keep reading. Keep reading and stay nerdy, guys. Thanks. Thanks.